What is up, guys? This is Sal, and then I today for my guest I have Adam Hogue, and Adam Hogue is one of my mentors uh, for my agency as well as him having his own agency. Um, a little bit about Adam. Adam went to Kensal State University, and he is a college dropout, which I always love to hear about college dropouts. I think it's amazing. Um, he is from Georgia and now currently lives in Las Vegas, Nevada. Um, a little bit about his personal experiences. Adam has traveled to numerous countries from around the world, um, trying to get different experiences that he's going to share today. And I'm excited to hear about some of them, his experiences there. Um, he's the vice president of sales at Agency Box, and he is also a founder of his own marketing agency, iRise Agency. Adam is also after his travel journeys has moved back into his ba parents' basement and then he bought a sales course. And now here he is today sharing his story and I'm excited to have him on. So, um, Adam, is there anything you want to, uh, kick off? Oh, uh, no, uh, not something specific. I, I guess just, I appreciate you uh, having me on your podcast. It's going to be a, a lot of fun. I'm, I'm happy to do this. I'm excited for you. So, did you come from a business background? Like, did you have your, your parents or anything like that? Or was it kind of like, like just something you're like, ah, oh, I'm done with college and I need, I need something that just does a lot better. I wouldn't say I come from a business background. Uh, my dad is an engineer. Uh, he, he runs an engineering company. Um, my mom was a nurse and then she was a full-time mom and I had zero clue what I wanted to do with my life in terms of making money, in terms of a career, job until last year. Honestly, I had no idea. It took me a long time to figure it out. And I'm, I'm 27 now. So it took me basically around 26 years to figure that out, which is a long time. But uh, it's, it's definitely, uh, to me, a smarter route or a wiser route to take your time to figure out oneself before diving into a career or making like a whole bunch of money and, and, and settling yourself into some type of job. Um, figuring yourself out first is what I uh, intended. And uh, yeah, no, no really like business background. I kind of just like fell into where I am now. Mm -hmm. um, uh, some of it by luck, some of it by choice, um, some of it in my control, some of it not. Um, but I'm very, very fortunate with where I am right now. Do you think that like, you traveling around the world kind of helps give you that time. Like, just like, what, a, what point did you stop going to college? Like, did you go to college and then you said, I'm, I'm done with college dropped out and then you traveled? Is that what happened? Or did you travel first, did a little bit of traveling, went to college and then came back? Yeah. So it, it kind of all is interlaced. So I did a bunch of traveling with family doing like mm -hmm. spring break kind of stuff, fall break, going on cruises, um, that kind of stuff. Um, uh, that was always uh, a great time, but it wasn't until I got to college and the way I, I dropped out is it, it, there's one specific point that I remember I was walking into, or I was, uh, I had to pick a degree. So I was two years, uh, or a year and a half into college and I had to pick something. I had no idea what I want to do. I at first thought about going into like arts and doing photography, which I'm still passionate about. I thought about going into psychology, which I'm still passionate about. Me being a coach makes sense. Um, the third one, I was like, I have no idea. Maybe there's something here. And I picked business just because, like, just because. I, I Like, what does everyone else pick? Uh, business. Okay. What does that mean? I don't know. I'm just going to pick it. So I did. And I had my very first, uh, for my for my 
junior year. No, my, my last semester of my sophomore year, I, uh, had some type of, uh, I think it was like statistics, mathematics numbers. I don't, I couldn't tell you the Stat, name Yeah. Stat, basically. Yeah. It, it was a terrible class, but this was my first class that was, uh, that was for my actual degree. So I walked into the class, uh, you know, the, the professor, the teacher does the whole breakdown of what the class is and what to expect and homework and tests and finals and grading and all that kind of stuff. And I remember just listening to how incredibly boring and senseless and just not yeah, nonsensical this, this class was going to be for me and what I wanted out of life. And I remember walking out of the class and I was just like just outside of the, the doorway and there's other students walking past me and I'm definitely in the way of everybody, but I'm just so in my head in, in this moment that I'm just not thinking of everyone else at this moment. And I literally say out loud, I am never, ever stepping foot back into that class again. And I didn't because I think it was only like maybe a week or two weeks later, I called mm. my dad. I was like, yeah. I'm dropping out. <laughs> and of course he was worried and he asked a bunch of questions, but we both agreed that it was the right decision for me to drop out. Um, so I pretty much made the decision that I was going to drop out, but my last college class was a study abroad trip to, to France and actually have something from that trip right here that I'll share real quick. So I went to France and Monaco during this trip and we were gone for about uh, three weeks but this is a, a little poker chip from Monaco, the Monte Carlo uh, in Monaco, the casino there. And I've had this chip in my wallet, different wallets, uh, but I've had this on me for what's it been now? Uh, close to like seven years. It's been by me that entire time. And it reminds me of how much I love traveling and just being outdoors and, and meeting new people and experiencing new things. And so from that experience, I knew that I wanted to travel the world at some point. So mm -hmm. I dropped out. Uh, I went on this travel adventure, this, this study abroad trip and had an incredible time. I caught the travel bug and it was an incredible experience. And I was working for some startup company. When I got, when I got back from that trip, I was working for some startup company and then I Work, I, qu I quit that and then I was driving for Uber and Lyft and I worked for Topgolf and then I was working for my dad's electrical company and I was doing some traveling then. I was going to like California, I was going to, to multiple states around the country, but it was mainly California when I went to uh, to Yellowstone. No, where did I go? No, Yosemite. I went to Yosemite and I was just blown away by the beauty of of everything I was seeing. And it was at that moment, I was like, okay, I need to get back to that feeling of, of traveling and adventuring and exploring me in the world. Mm -hmm. So I was going through a really tough mental time, depression, lots of things were, were going kind of haywire with my family, lots of, lots of uh, toxic energy being thrown around. So I was like, screw this, I'm done, I'm, I'm, I'm out of here. So I sold my car, I sold a bunch of furniture, I sold some clothes, I pretty much sold whatever I could. And then I bought a camera, a backpack, and then I bought a one-way ticket to Peru and I was gone. <laughs> so I went to Peru, Bali, Singapore, Malaysia, and Australia, and I was gone for a, a year and three months. And it was an absolutely life-changing experience. And I don't regret anything about it whatsoever. It was, it was incredible. When you were in college, like that moment where you decided you wanted to drop out, was there like a professor or anybody that like asked, like, where are you going or anything like that? Or like, like, was there like an experience or something that like with a professor that would have like kind of driven you to do so or not really? No, it was, it was all me. Well, it was a mix of 
of me not enjoying anything I was learning within school. Mm -hmm. I, I, there was nothing that I was clinging onto that made me say, okay, like this, I could potentially, you know, learn yeah. about and, and find a career in. nothing ever did that for me. Um, no professor said, do this or do that. It was just all for me. What really pushed it over the edge for me was being in a fraternity and doing things and saying things and acting a certain way that just was not the core me. Mm -hmm. I was never an asshole. I was never a jerk. I never did anything I really shouldn't have done. That, that's not it's still, I never did anything like that, but there yeah. were just moments I would put myself in that if I were say sober or just being me, then mm -hmm. I would never have done that. So it's a big reason why I don't like to drink today is because of those experiences in college of like what I went through and the kind of person I was becoming. So yeah. Yeah. Um, it was, it was a mix of, of just not enjoying school at all. And also me becoming someone I did not like, uh, through the fraternity I was in. And that was all on me. That, that was, that was, the, those were my choices. Yeah. I remember briefly, like when I, my early on, uh, in, I think it was my sophomore year of college. It was my first, it was either the end of my freshman year or beginning of sophomore year. I had a professor tell me that I would never be successful if I didn't get an A in her class. Oh man. That's, and that's I went berserk. I told my buddy, I'm like, dude, I don't know who the fuck she thinks she is, but that like that mindset and she's like going on how she has this like she owns this franchise Primo Hoagie store and this stuff like that. I'm like, seriously, and you're in business and that's the way you, like your little petty writing class does not define like who I am. Like, I'm like, and I was just like pissed. I, she hated me. She absolutely hated me. And I was all right with it because like, I just, I didn't like her because of that. Like, I don't know why you would tell a kid that like, yeah, that, that's like, I find it interesting. Like we tell kids to go to like these universities and you don't even know what the fuck you want to do. No. You know? And it, and it's a shame. It's a shame. Cause I'm, I'm and look, I'm in that boat right now where it's like, I have six months left or drop out or, or, just finish at this point. You know what I mean? So I yeah. wish I would have did, would have traveled, but what did you learn most from traveling? Huh. The number one thing I learned by far is that I am more than capable to do anything that I want all by myself. I don't need anyone else. It is beneficial to have other people in certain situations without a doubt, having a team, having mm -hmm. a tribe, having a family, whatever it may be, that's always beneficial at some point. But I realized that me being with my own thoughts by myself on my own, doing my own thing, making my own decisions all for me was just incredible that like, I got so much power out of just like taking control of my life and taking responsibility uh, for, for my own, for, you know, actions in the past and actions I was taking right then and there. Uh, I, I just learned a lot about the power that I do have that I didn't think I had. For someone who like has, or I guess in their mind that like, Hey, you know, it's so expensive to travel, like whether it's around the world or just even the, the United States, like what would your message be for them? Like, as far as like maybe financial obligation goes, or like, they're just like stuck in that rut of like, I don't know if I can travel cause I don't think I can afford it. Hmm. That's tough. Um, I mean, there's a million ways to make money online. Mm -hmm. So if you can make, I mean, if you get, if you, if you sell a couple things or you uh, do a couple side jobs before you make this, this trip adventure, depending on where you want to go, whether you're traveling in a van or you're flying across mm -hmm. the country or you're driving down to another country, whatever it may be doing a couple side jobs or one main job, building up the cash, have a couple thousand saved up buy a ticket or car, rent a car. I don't know. Just, you need to have a, at least 
a, a few thousand, I would say a few thousand to go and adventure and then also have a plan on how to make money while you're traveling or mm-hmm. when you get to said destination, being able to have a job. So I was fortunate enough to have my own car that I sold and a bunch of furniture and some clothes to sell. So I had a, a, a large sum of cash to be able to go and travel and not have to worry about making anything. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't until I got to Bali is when I started to plan on making money. So that is why I wanted to go to Bali because it's right next door to, uh, or one of the reasons why I wanted to go to Bali is because it was right next door to Australia. So I could go to Australia, have a work holiday visa and work and make money. And I made really good money. I was actually working in a call center sales, go figure. And then I worked, uh, doing some, I did some farm work up in, uh, uh, Eastern Australia, nor near, uh, Wokuga. And it was, uh, it was an experience nonetheless. It was not the best, but it was an experience. And, um, but yeah, that that's, I mean, being able to like go into countries that offer work visas is a mm. safe bet. Uh, at the same time, trying to find a way to make money online. If you can do both, like if you can have some job in a work visa kind of country at the same time, trying to figure out how to make money online. Once you're like, okay, now I figured out the online side side. Now you can go travel wherever you want. Mm -hmm. You can do anything from your phone, or your computer. And that's what I was attempting to do. I just, I just, I didn't know how to do it. I didn't have the knowledge or the know-how I was doing research. I just couldn't get it to click. Um, but if I would have figured that out, I wouldn't be where I am now. So I'm glad that I didn't. <laughs> yeah, isn't that funny? Like sometimes you're like, you look like, Hey, you have this path that you want to like go down. And then all of a sudden, like, there's like this one little fine tweak, you go down past like the one that's less discovered. And all of a sudden, like different, like things that you never thought of, like you're grateful that you're where you are today because of the opportunity to happen. Yeah. Yeah. One of the, one of the things that I did while, while traveling though, is I was learning photography. Like I said earlier, Mm -hmm. it's one of my, one of my passions, one of my interests. And, uh, when I would go to any, any country, I would do my best to connect with the restaurants and like mom and pop, small little stores that I could, I would Mm -hmm. build those relationships and I would offer photography as a, as a, as a service but usually almost all the time, it wouldn't be in exchange for money. It would be exchanged for a meal or multiple meals throughout, uh, you know, a couple months, yeah. um, just coming in and taking pictures and then having a free meal. And then I'll come back, you know, the next day or a couple of weeks later, and I'll take more pictures and have a free meal. Um, some people had their own stores where they're selling jewelry or clothes and I would take pictures for them and, uh, they would give me a free shirt. So that way I had, you know, no holes in my socks or my shirts or anything, which is always <laughs> so super you're just nice. bothering your way through the world. You're right. You're right. That's, it was, that's dope. It, it, it's, it's like trading like, uh, like, like, uh, like leather or, or like a, mm-hmm. a sheepskin for some, some corn. It, it's, it's the old way of, of bartering and trading. I was just trading a service for something, a product that I needed, whether it was a shirt or some food or an experience, uh, you never know, but that was an incredible way for me to build relationships and re- get really good at photography, which I use today. Yeah. And I think it's, you, you were bringing value to them because like, they don't know what, the perfect, you know, settings are for the camera to do whatever, you know what I mean? So like you're bringing them so much value that who knows how much uh, ROI that they got from your photos from an advertising standpoint, you know, and you're talking what, like six, seven years ago. So you weren't like, I guess, as into not you, but like companies weren't as into like Facebook and stuff like that social media. Like it was still kind of like in that not infancy stage, but like a point where like people were just getting on there. But like yeah. the value that had was is next to none, as we know today. 
Sure. Yeah. And the the businesses I was running into in Peru and Bali and Malaysia mm-hmm. and Singapore, they just did not understand the power of social media yet. I uh, hadn't overtaken that country yet. So I definitely helped them kind of give them a clear picture of what it could do for them. And, and it helped them a lot. I see, I still see some of those businesses post my photos every now and then. That's pretty cool to think yeah. that like you had like some part of that in, yeah, it's in their, in their uh, business journey. And uh, kind of going back to college, do you think college is necessary for business? No, no, <laughs> no. I kind of had a feeling that that's where we go. I said, like, nah. No, I think it's a waste of time. It's a waste of money unless you're going to become an engineer, a nurse, a surgeon, a lawyer, like a, like those. I think what's it called? Like STEM. I think yeah, STEM, the science, technology, engineering, and mathematics. I should I, I should know that. I guess now something, I do. Something, <laughs> something like that. I think that's what it, what it stands yeah. for. But basically, if you if you're trying to get a job to where a degree is required, certain things, pieces of paper are required. Okay, fine. Like that's the path you want to go down. Totally makes sense. It's really the only path you can go down is get the certifications, get those pieces of paper. Makes sense. You need that information. You need that knowledge. Makes sense. If you're trying to do just about anything else, skip it, go travel, work various jobs, do various things, have multiple experiences, put yourself in uncomfortable situations, safe, but uncomfortable situations and push yourself to do things that you didn't think you would ever going to do. I never thought I was going to be in Bali jumping off this, you know, 40 foot cliff into a waterfall. It was insane. The things I was able to do, but that's only because I made the decision to sell my stuff, buy a one-way ticket and just go. A lot of other people were super worried and Mm -hmm. scared that, you know, something was going to happen. That's all that, that's all that fear mentality. That's why they didn't do it. They were still stuck in that. I wasn't stuck in it. I was like, if I can, if I can do this, man, I can do just about anything. And that's how I feel now. That's cool. Bali. I gotta, I gotta see what that looks like. I feel like I know what it looks like. Magical place. Magical. I feel like, I imagine like, old buildings but like historically cool old buildings and like beautiful water like that's what i imagine there you're gonna you need to pull up some like 4k <laughs> bali videos i, I know i know I, I just like i'm just thinking like a tropical place it and, is all right well that 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 i'm close to that all right that makes me feel better <laughs> um <clears throat> what do you think the best way is to build uh build social connections with people that you want to meet like say you want to meet somebody like Gary Vaynerchuk or Elon Musk. How do you think you can access those people the best way? Add value in a way that other people can't um, or the, or in a way that other people haven't yet. So if you have a skill, you have a piece of information, you have um, a tool, a resource, you have something that can help them with whatever they're doing. Mm-hmm. Um bring that to them in some way, find someone they're connected with, reach out to them. And maybe you have to find someone else below that to connect to them and then connect to the person above, to the person above, person above, until you finally get to the, to the main person, whoever it may be. Um, that's usually the best way in my experience is to be able to add value. Otherwise you're just trying to sell something or, or get something out of them. Mm-hmm. They don't know you. They do, all like off the bat. They don't need you, but they're going to want you if you can provide value in some way, shape, or form. That's to me the best way. What was the hardest part about starting your agency? Mm, that's a great question. <laughs> hmm. I think the hardest part of starting my agency was. 
Mm, that's a really good question. I, yeah, I, I mean, there's so many different parts that when you when you're like even in business, like this thinking about it, like there's just so many obstacles that you come through. It's like, is it prospecting? Is it like learning how to talk to people? There's just there's so many difficult challenges. And yeah. I think like the hardest part is consistency. Like you want to like talk to people, but you don't know what the right message to be sending to people is. Yeah. I think the hardest part for me, and it took me a while was to like flip this switch of messaging people in a way of like me trying to get something out of them and, and just like a cold DM mm -hmm. and then flipping the switch to genuinely connecting with people that I want to have connections and, and, and relationships and friendships with. So I figured, okay, what are the things that I care about? My interests, my passions, I want to build my agency around that. Cause not only am I going to be building an agency surrounded by the things that I love, mm -hmm. but I'm also going to be uh, a part of an of multiple industries that I want to see succeed. Mm -hmm. I want like, so I, I love cars. So car photographers, I love photography. I love travel. So once I learned uh, that there is a way better way of connecting with people, and that is just by genuinely engaging with their social media, reaching out to them in a genuine way through DMS by just striking up a conversation and then building that over time. So basically I just flipped the script or <laughs> flip the switch script from short game to long game in a genuine way. And that has really helped me a lot. And I've also used this, this exact same tactic. I have a very certain like uh, exercise that I do for people that I'm coaching right now, building an agency. Mm -hmm. uh, because I went through this myself of going from cold DMs and, and kind of like forcing my way, trying to sell something off the bat into building genuine relationships with people that I actually want to talk with. Like I can talk about cars for hours. I can talk about, talk about photography and travel adventures yeah. for hours and hours. So when I reach out to these people that are in these categories, in these niches and industries, we can just talk forever and ever and ever. And then at some point we talk about business and marketing and then they become a client or they refer someone to work with me. So have you had where you're like that, say you're person A, like you're just talking to him. He has a cool ass car, Lamborghini, whatever it is, like you're mm -hmm. a car guy and you're just talking, 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 getting the business. And he's not really like, he doesn't need marketing or doesn't want it. How often does like he refer you from to person B or does person B come and ask you for marketing services? Has that happened that way or? Yeah, it's happened, it's happened that way a couple of times. It's, it's, it's random depending on the person and how connected mm -hmm. they are. Um, just because I'm building a relationship with someone, I'm not looking for like a desired outcome. Like I'm not looking for them to be a client or uh, someone that refers me business or uh, like a JV situation. Like I'm not looking for something very specific. I'm just looking for a genuine connection, a relationship so that at some point they either refer clients to me or they become a client, or I just have an amazing relationship with someone to where we can just talk about cars for hours. And there's nothing wrong with that at all. I like that. Maybe like six months down the line or a year down the line, then they're like, Hey, I just met this incredible person. I was at a car meet mm -hmm. and they definitely need some help. Let me connect you with them. Like that can just happen uh, at a random, at a random time. So it, it really just depends on, on the person. All right. What was what is your biggest obstacle or challenge that you've had either in life or business? Mm. Hmm. So many. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. Right. Like it's, oh, it's just, or a couple. I mean, it doesn't have to be one particular one, but I think my 
biggest hurdle just in in general in life because business and life just intermingle at some point. Mm-hmm. Uh, my biggest hurdle was overcoming what people said about me in the past and just getting rid of that. So people saying uh, like people would make fun of me for my red hair. And that got to me for a long time. It wasn't until last year that I actually accepted and, and liked me having red hair. Mm -hmm. Uh, So that affected me for, I mean, decades for almost 26 years, which is ridiculous. Um, I actually got bullied for being too nice for being, I was more of a a pushover certain kind of situation, but I I just, I, I don't have a mean bone in my body. I'm sure people say that, but I really mean that. Like, I, it's hard for me to be mean or nasty yeah. or angry. I'm, I'm very much in control of my emotions and my and, and how I react to certain situations. Mm-hmm. So it was really hard for me to to basically overcome the like inner demons of what other people had said to me, said about me, at me in the past, just making fun of me, bullying me, um, anything like that. Like, it, it just took me a while to just overcome that. Um, some people are able to do that quick. Some people, it, it takes them their entire life where they never get over that. Um, but it wasn't until maybe the last couple of years, I was really able to just quiet that down and realize that I am way more capable. I'm smart enough. I'm I'm a very genuine, kind person. Like these things that I would feel bad about saying that I am good at. Mm-hmm. It's almost like that ego thing where like, like I'm the best at this. I'm awesome at this. I'm awesome at this. Like I felt like I, I wasn't allowed to say that about myself. Like I can't say anything good about myself until I started doing that saying like, I am smart. I am, I am good looking. I like my red hair. I am, uh, I am good at, you know, connecting with people. I am good at sales, whatever it is. Like I started telling yeah. myself good things about myself. Everything started to flip around. So then clearly like affirmations are very important. So important, so important, but not only affirmations, because there's a lot of people, gurus, whatever, they'll say, like, do affirmations. It's amazing. It'll work. That's a good, good piece of advice, but they're missing a key element if that's all they say. If you say these things, but you don't take action to solidify them then it's hard for them to stick. It's hard to really, uh, it's hard for them to make an impact. So if you say like, I am strong, but you never go to the gym, you never work out, then like, like, come on. Like, the, you, like you get, what's you wrong you're talking walk. about? Yeah. You gotta walk the walk. So uh, you can say affirmations all you want, but you gotta put some action behind it to solidify it. Yeah. It's, it's one of those things like you can, it's like all talk, but no action. Like a lot, right. there are so many people that are like, they talk and they, they talk. They just want to talk, talk, talk. And then they don't, they don't do anything about it. You know? And I think that's an issue that I don't even know, like, is it our society you think, or like, you just think it's just human nature to be that way? Um, I don't think it's human nature because human nature at its core, at its essence, at its purity, isn't in that egotistical state. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, those that work on their masculine and, 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 and feminine energies can come to the conclusion of being able to control their emotions, control their thoughts, um, for the most part, control uh, any types of reactions. Um, we live, it was because of social media and television, Hollywood, music, celebrities, uh, athletes, all the above, um, we, a lot of people have just become desensitized from taking action for their own own lives. Mm-hmm. So they'll blame others. 
It's, it's their fault. It's, uh, it's, it's never my fault. It was, it was that guy. It was, it was, no, it was that person. That person did it to me. Yeah. Um, just, just insane. The amount of people that don't take accountability for just even the simplest of things. It, it's one of my, it's one of my pet peeves. I, I can't stand it when people don't take accountability for their actions. Yeah. You know, it's funny you say that. Cause like coaching football, there's, there's so everybody wants to do the pointing game. Right. And if yes. there's one thing that you like, and this, this, and I'm going to use sports for an example. I don't know how much in the sports you are, but uh, like when you're on the field and a mistake happens, so many people want to point the finger like, Hey, you missed your block or Hey, you didn't know your rule or Hey, our quarterback sucks. Like, but nobody really wants to take. And rather than saying like, you know what, we're all fall for this loss. Right. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, one of us either didn't put in the work to do it or we didn't help our teammate to excel to their highest level. Exactly. And like, and and it's that mindset, like everybody, everybody just wants to point the finger. Everybody wants to be the first to point the finger, but they never want to look at like the true reason why there's, there's an issue or, or what's wrong with, with things. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a self-sabotage, self-sabotage cycle. Mm -hmm. You're pointing. So the way I picture it is when you're pointing at someone else saying they did it, I just see this like mirror right in front of them. That is them pointing back at themselves. Yeah. And, and even if like they did do something wrong, just maybe try and help them or correct it. Like so many people yeah. aren't willing to give out a helping hand to like guide them to the right direction. They just want to point the blame and like pointing the blame doesn't really get much accomplished. It just makes either things like you guys just hate each other more or, or just, hate what you're doing more. Like it, it I don't think it solves anything. It doesn't. Blame. It makes yeah. things worse. A hundred percent. What advice would you give to somebody who like somebody who tells them to give up on their dream? Like what is your advice to that person? Or somebody who's thinking about giving up on their dream? Okay. Oh, that's a, that's a, t- that's tough to answer because a dream can be a misinformed dream. So that's very tough to answer. If I've, I've had multiple dreams or, or multiple things I wanted to do with my life, mm-hmm. I wanted to be this, or I wanted to be that. And that's all changed. I would no longer want to do that. So it's hard to answer because it really depends on if the work, if, if said person has done work on themselves, because if you do work on yourself, you can start to, unravel the core you and then all of a sudden your your passions and your dreams change so my first question would be like how much time have you spent being with yourself working on yourself and it'd be like um not much like hey then like your dream right now will more than likely i can almost guarantee that's going to change if you spend time figuring out who you are one way to figure out who you are is to go down that path of chasing your dream and then figuring out that isn't your dream. And then you have to go back and figure out who you actually are. So if you go try this other thing or this other thing, meditate, uh, travel, try different things. So, but if I'm going to like answer it literally if to, 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 to sell someone, uh, someone that's wanting to quit their dream, their dream, I would probably, I would probably say, would you be, let's say we get to like the end of your life and you haven't accomplished it. 
how would you feel? It wouldn't feel good, right? So let's say we get to the end of your life and you've accomplished everything you've wanted to accomplish. How would you feel? Amazing. Okay. Are your actions speaking for you achieving that dream? If they aren't, then is it your dream? Because if it's your dream, you'll pretty much do anything and everything to get there. If it's not, then that's not your dream. So you know you know you're living a dream when you're when you're sacrificing everything to get it, basically. More or less. Yeah. And and somebody who say like they go to the graveyard with the dreams that left in them is like that's the person who never really accomplished their dream then. Yeah. Or or figured out that that wasn't their dream the entire time and they mm. could have been, been spending their life completely differently. So th- this question is kind of like similar repeat, but what do you think the biggest reason why people would give up on the dream? If they like whatever it might be. Um, there's a lot of factors to that. One of them is, like I said, it's not their dream. It really, it, it actually isn't. It mm. was something that was implanted in them and they thought it was a dream, but it was actually someone else's. So they're chasing someone else's dream, not their own. Another piece to it is just emotional, mental, physical trauma that they haven't worked on to overcome, which is why I will say over and over again, people need to work on themselves to uncover mm. traumas and talk about them and, and be able to accept them and work past them. Um, until you do so to some degree, it's going to be very hard to chase that dream because you will get in your own way. What advice would you give to somebody who's starting a business, but is struggling because people don't believe in what they're doing? Connect with people that already have what you have. Connect with people that have what you already have, whether they have information, knowledge, skill set, connections, um, a course, whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. If you can connect with the right people, pick their brains, learn from them, and apply everything that you're learning from them. So, people, books, podcasts, educational videos. If you apply anything you learn, that will take you a far, far way. So when you say like connect with anybody, is it worrying about like whether they say no, or is it one of those things like you don't know unless you try? Cause it's like, you always think like, say you wanted to talk to Elon Musk, but you go and DM him. He's not going to answer you. Right. So does that go back to what you talked about earlier with like building social connections, meeting people in front of them to then get to that person to be able to pick through? Like maybe like, for instance, like in my case, like say I want to meet Gary Vee one day, like that would be an ultimate dream. I should go find his video editor, his producer or whatever, and, and people under him or associate with him to then yeah. eventually get there. Is that what you mean by like, by that basically? Yeah. I think there's, there's two different kinds of routes and there's one route, which is uh, finding the right people that are connected with him and trying to get in touch with them. That mm-hmm. might be the harder way. Um, the other way is to just work your ass off and earn it, improve yourself by making podcasts, making content, um, connecting with, with amazing people, that are not connected specifically with Gary or whoever it may be. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, just hustling and proving that you are hungry and ready to uh, be in the presence of said person. How important is mental health? <laughs> it's one of the most important things ever. <laughs> I, I know. I know. It's really like, it's, it's like really asking, like basic, it's like, but it's like, well, how important is water? I know. It's, that's literally what I was about to say. Like, I know. It's like, water. it's kind of, maybe to rephrase that. Um, 
for somebody who is struggling with mental health, like in say in business, because, you know, it's one of those things that's like kind of an untalked thing in, in business and entrepreneurship. Like it's, it's a lonely path. Like there are a lot of people that just don't understand, like they just see this kind of glamorous life, but they don't um, understand it. And, and it reminds me of uh, one of Jordan, Jordan B. Peterson's talks where he talks about a guy in California driving down the highway and his convertible Porsche thinking about wrapping his Porsche around a concrete barrier. And it's, and it's like, that's how I think about entrepreneurship and like mental health aspects. Like you don't under like people from the outside world who don't have those experiences. Now, not everybody's experiences are going to be the same in business because some people have a helping hand and some people just don't. But like, what is your advice to like that person that's like struggling with that? Uh, we're forced into this. A lot of us are forced into this path of high school, college, get a job, find a partner, get married, get a house. Fine. If that works for someone, fine. But what this does not allow is a person to spend five or 10 years, however long they want to figure themselves out. So they carry any traumas that were implanted in them from other people, from their own parents, like emotional, what's it called? A generational trauma. Generational trauma is passed down and down and down and down, but no one takes the time to figure out why they are the way they are. Another big thing that I, a lot of people I wish would do is figure out their own balance of masculine and feminine energies, how to go from boy to man or how to go from girl to woman, because a man in his true power or a woman in their true power understands and knows how to control their energy, their emotions, their thoughts, more so men. Women are this fiery ember kind of energy and men are more mm -hmm. this grounding uh, um, um, uh, helping hand kind of, uh, energy. They, they want to, they want to feel wanted and, and that we can accomplish something and, and help people out. Um, a huge reason I, I think why people struggle with mental health is because one, <laughs> they don't treat themselves right when it comes to eating water, uh, food they put in their body. The, it is unbelievably true. It is a proven fact that you are what you eat. So whatever ingredients, chemicals, uh, whatever you're eating, it makes up a huge part of how you function. Uh, a second part to it is sleep, lack of water, who you surround yourself with. But I think the biggest by far is just not taking the time to figure out what parts of you are and aren't you. Mm -hmm. Because a man that overreacts to something that happened, like say in traffic, is still a boy. In my mind, they're still a boy. If they're overreacting to something that they don't really have control in, they put yeah. themselves in a situation, they're not taking accountability for their actions. They're still acting in this boyhood mentality, that this type of energy. So I would really wish people would work on their own mental health and ways of figuring out what parts of them are and aren't themselves and also figuring out the ways of masculine and feminine energies uh, within themselves. I like what you said when you, when you were talking about like what you are, what you what you eat is what you are or yeah. Um, did you, I don't know if you knew this, but and I don't think a lot of people know this, that like there are actually neurons in your stomach that are connected to your brain. And, and yes. that is kind of the reasoning why what you put in your, like what you eat is how you think. And I don't think a lot of people understand that there's actually like the things that are in your brain that make you think they're also in your stomach. So they they connect with each other. Like a lot of people don't know that. And I think that's fascinating. Like I actually just recently discovered that like within the last year 
and it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Like you go eat junk food, you feel like shit. Like, yeah, no wonder why you feel like shit. You think like shit. A lot of people think that multiple parts of our bodies are just like this separate kind of system, but everything, everything is connected all, all the way from your, your toenail, all the way up to the top of your head. Every single thing is connected. So if one thing goes a little off, the rest of it will react to keep it in balance. So if you push things too far, you're all of a sudden out of whack and your body is under stress. Now you can't think clear. You've got, you've got brain fog. You're not sleeping well. You're now uh, too, too anxious and you're overreacting to things. You're, you're, you're not able to have this like power and capability of con controlling your thoughts or your emotions. Uh, you get hangry. Like all these things just go haywire when you don't ca take care of your body. So getting out into sun, drinking water, eating good food. Um, exercising. That's all so incredibly important to have this function and all this function the right way. That's when you, but that's when you become top tier, like a, a monster, a beast in all the good ways. Yeah. And what you said, they're like going outside and getting sunlight. There's like something called seasonal depression that people suffer from, like, especially up North, like where it's cold, like they don't get enough of the vitamins from the sun that like, and you don't even need to be out that long. It's like a half hour a day and you get it. Like, yeah. and people like, that are stuck inside all the time. Like they don't get that, that fresh air. Like that's so important that the, the vitamins are there, but you just got to literally just go out for a half hour, go for a walk. You don't have to run. You don't have to do that much exercise to like experience that. And I get like, there are some places where it's negative 25 out, but you still get it. It just, it sucks because it's just cold. Hey, you chose to live in that cold weather. <laughs> you did, right? Cool. Like that is your choice after all. But I mean, there are some people that love it too. And, you know, God bless them. Not I'm not me. living somewhere not that's negative 20. I'm fine with Jersey cold weather. Um, yes. That's about it. That's about as cold I'll go. Um, what is your purpose? And I guess this question probably has changed numerous times because I think as you Multiple get experiences, times. they change. But like if yeah. you had to say like right now, what is your purpose? It's a really good question. I thought about this multiple times throughout my life. And I think my purpose, I think there's, I think there's multiple layers to purpose and I'm just going to put it into two layers. I think there's a surface level purpose of what you think your purpose is. And then there's a deep down core purpose that you haven't uncovered yet. You haven't experienced yet. You don't know what it is yet, or you do know, but you're, distracted and doing other things and you're just ignoring what your true purpose is. You're just trying other things which totally fine. It takes time to get to that core purpose or for some people, they never get there. But I, I, I truly believe, I, or at least I know that my core intuitive purpose is to help people. I'm an empath through and through. It's just how my heart works. It's how my soul works. I love to help people. It can, it can be my detriment too. Uh, I, I can, I can put others before me and that's something I've been working on and figuring out. And I, I found a really nice balance with that. Mm -hmm. um, it's always a, a practice of finding that balance, but I want to help people as much as possible, whether it's with business and life and relationships, I'm not sure exactly the, the routes or the, the niches, whatever you, you want to call it. I just want to help people. I don't know in what capacity it's, it's so hard to describe that. Like people say, I just want to help people. Okay. Awesome. But how I, I, I yeah, I'm figuring that out. I am doing it right now as a, as a coach, but there's way, 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 way more that, that I want to do. And way uh, many more people I want to impact the way I'll get there. I'm not exactly sure when I'll get there. I'm not exactly sure, but I know 
for the most part, at least I believe that my core, 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 core purpose is just trying to help as many people as possible. I think the best thing you can do in life is give a life of service. Yeah, I agree. You know, um, and I think a lot of people struggle with trying to find service. Like everybody thinks that service can be, it's like going into a burning building to save somebody. And it's not always that. Yeah. It could be as simple as literally coaching somebody like in a sport. Like that is giving a lot of service. Yeah. You don't there know. Just, like, there's this one, sorry, I didn't cut you off. Um, no, go ahead. There's one person that uh, I've been coaching for six months now. I'm not, I'm not going to uh, say any names, but this, this one person I was, I was helping out. She was going through a, a very rough uh, situation with her partner. And uh, there were moments where I just listened. There were moments where I gave advice. There were moments where uh, I was brutally honest. I, I was very gentle with my words, of course, but I would shoot her straight. I basically told her what she needed to hear, not what she wanted to hear. And she, since uh, I think we, we, we had maybe like three or five calls that were that way. Um, mm-hmm. And since those calls, her life has completely flipped around and she has thanked me over and over and over and over and over again. The amount of gratitude that I've received from her is just immense. That is incredible fuel for me and, and makes me, it just makes me feel incredibly good. I don't do it to feel good. I don't do it for me. I'm doing it for Mm -hmm. her. I want her to feel good. I want her to change her life. The end result is me feeling good about changing someone's life. Yeah. That's the same with sales. You don't go for the money. You go for helping someone and then the money will come. You go to help somebody, then that genuine gratitude will, you'll, you'll receive at some point. Yeah. I think going into business and, and kind of connecting that, like so many people were focused on the, the idea of the money portion of, yes. of the sale and they don't focus on the purpose of getting the sale. Right. Like we get caught up and this is like, and I, I think sometimes as you grow bigger and expand, you kind of really forget your core principles of doing this. Yeah. And you see this in businesses. And this is why so many people revert back to going to small businesses. Cause there are, there are some big businesses that do this well, where they focus on the individual customer and that's why they're big and they still exist today. Mm-hmm. Amazon's a prime example. Like they focus on the consumer being first, being efficient and helping yeah. them. And then you have companies that are, now outdated. And I don't know if that's why they lost, but they didn't focus about the customer. It's just about the sales and the, and the quarterly income. And, and you can't really, you got to stop focusing on the, the money aspect because the money will come. Yeah. The more and more I realize, like, Hey, the money will come if I just help somebody out, give them a deal, you know, like yeah. that, it, and it builds up and then you do get that sale for charging what you want an hour, yeah. but it's, the- it's understanding that you have to, you have to do the service first. Yeah. Otherwise, nobody wants to come to you. Yeah, absolutely. And this is why you'll hear uh, business uh, entrepreneur uh, gurus and, and influencers on, on social media, on podcasts, whatever it may be, saying over and over and over again, it's, it's like a broken record, but it's so incredibly true, is add value. Add value. Just find something that they want or need and bring it to them. Don't expect an outcome though. If you're trying to add value because you're trying to get a certain thing back, then you're still doing it the wrong way. You should do it out of the genuineness of your heart of wanting to add value, just wanting to, to care for that other person. You want to see them succeed. You want to support them. That's the genuine way of doing it. Not trying to find some certain outcome. 
you'll actually probably get better outcomes if you're not chasing an outcome mm-hmm. or you'll get a better outcome like than the one that you were expecting. Like, okay, like this is what I'm trying to get out of this. But if you go into the, in, in the attention of, of like, whatever happens, happens, I seriously just want to support you, man. And then all of a sudden they, they offer you this and you're like, holy shit, that's way better than I was thinking. <laughs> yeah, no. And then, and then you don't get caught up in like the, uh, aspect of, I can't think of the word, that's, like getting excited, right? Like you're yeah. getting like your, your expectations. There we go. Yeah. You don't set high expectations because you're like, I'm going to give you, I'm going to give this person this. I'm going to hope I get this rather than if you don't go in with any expectations and you get something out of it, at least you get something right. And then yeah. you're, exp- then you're happy about that. Like then you connect that it's about the process, not the end result. Yeah. If, if you're, if you're trying to give someone something add value in some way and you're looking for some certain outcome or result, you're living here and in the future, instead of living here and in the present mm-hmm. out of genuine, just caring for the person. For someone who's struggling to find their purpose, what advice would you give them? Mm-hmm. Have multiple experiences, go travel, work on yourself, uncover past traumas. I mean, there's a lot of inner work that needs to be done to figure out who you truly are. You, un- un- you uncover your passion or, or, or your, your, uh, your purpose once you figure yourself out. Once you have multiple experiences and, and meet multiple people who have multiple uh, uh, perspectives on life, um, you may meet some person in the corner of a cafe and in Ubud, Bali, and all of a sudden they, they share this thing with you and you're like, oh my God, I didn't even know that was possible. And all of a sudden your life goes on this different journey. So going out and traveling, working on yourself, uh, meeting incredible people. Uh, sitting with yourself and, and, and observing your own thoughts, your own emotions, working through and with them, um, not around them and suppressing them. Um, too many people suppress their emotions and their thoughts to where they never get to their, their core uh, passion or, or interest or who they really are. What would you define success as? This is a really is, broad question. Yeah, success is... a. It's almost like beauty is in the eyes of the beholder. Success is mm-hmm. in the eyes of the beholder as well. So if your version of success is a million dollars, awesome. Hit that goal. Go for it. If, you're, if your version of success is having uh, a wife or husband and two kids and a, a, a cabin ranch home in the, the middle of nowhere and you're living off the land, speaking of, of me, by the way, that's one of my, one of my goals, um, then, then that's success. You've, you've made it. But there's a a key element to this. There should always be something you're going after, whether it's big or small. Because if you reach certain goal and now you call that success, what else are you going to work for or work towards? Like what Mm -hmm. is after that? This this happens all the time with people getting a new watch or a new car or they get their their new house. I'm like, okay, awesome. I've made it. Now what? Like you've got like... We're humans. We're always building, creating, doing something. So I think for a lot of people, a version of success is always striving, achieving more. Um, it doesn't mean working yourself dog, dog tired and, and wearing yourself out. 
I just mean always trying to improve yourself and improve the people around you, whether it's your family or, or coworkers or employees, mm-hmm. whatever it may be. Um, yeah, success is different for every single person. But always got to work towards something, something more, something, something, whatever's next. Yeah, I mean, you always got to find something to live for because people that yeah. are like in a bad spot, they don't understand how to look for that, yeah. right? And then I think that's in the environment that they come from a lot of times. It's yeah. their environment. They've never seen what success is or don't, they don't understand that there are, you can have your own success. You're like it doesn't have to be comparing yourself to other people. Yeah, so some, but some people's version of success is just never quitting and just always working on whatever they want to achieve. So they get to a certain goal. They're like, awesome. That is a version of success for me. Let's go to the next thing. Awesome. That's another version of success. It's just always trying to move forward and, and, and achieving things like that for some people, for a lot of people is success. It's just always accomplishing the next goal. If there's one piece of advice that you could give to someone coming up in the world, what would it be? Don't go to college unless you need to. I don't like the, I don't like the need word, but don't go to college. Uh, acquire high income skills, have multiple experiences, whether it's traveling, meeting people, trying different jobs or adventures, whatever it may be, um, and work on yourself. Please work on yourself. Read books, connect with amazing people that support you and push you, not people that bring you down or bring you back to your an old version of yourself that you're trying to, to, uh, to leave behind. Uh, I think those are my, my biggest tips is just have fun when you're in your, your late teens, early twenties, mid twenties, even late twenties. Like I, I would have traveled for a long time potentially if I, if I, if I decided differently, I'm glad I didn't. Um, yeah, traveling adventures, trying new things, having a good time, um, making mistakes, high income skills. Yeah. That, I think that's incredibly important. I like what you said about reading books because in high school, you never want to read the fucking book. That oh, you're no, you. I never do. I, Yo, I, I never, I never, like, I remember reading To Kill a Mockingbird, never wanted to read it. 19, <laughs> or George Orwell's 1984. I remember that one. Now I actually kind of do want to read that one just because of the way, like, the way the world's working and it seems yeah, interesting. Yeah, yeah. But I do remember To Kill a Mockingbird only because we did watch the movie and that's yep. why I watched it, but, or read it. But, uh, no, you just, you just never, you never wanted to like, and this is probably why I like always failed English class. Well, not always failed, but got like C's and D's and it sometimes it be. I didn't get like an A in English class until like my senior year of high school. This is the first time I ever had an A in English class, but I think, and I think it had to do with like, you're forced to read these genres of books that mean absolutely fucking nothing to you. Yeah. And they're like, well, it, it keeps you open-minded. No, it doesn't. It don't keep you fucking open-minded. If it kept you open-minded, you'd be interested in doing it. Keeps you sedated. It does. It keeps you like enclosed. Like they teach you Shakespeare for the last 50 years. They've been teaching Shakespeare for the last 50 years. Guess what? There are other books that have like, there's one right here. Look, this one right here is a great book. And I just fucked the cover up, but like this book right here, great fucking book. Like this is a shit that like, and I don't need to go off from right here, but like this is a shit like in schools that they should be fucking teaching. So you know? there there's multiple pieces of this and a huge reason why uh, kids end up not wanting to read is because they're forced to read crap they never want to read. Mm-hmm. Uh, it doesn't do anything for them. But at the same time, with with social media, with phones and computers and this short attention span, reading becomes nearly impossible for a lot of these kids. Correct. Like, even, Correct. Even 
adults. It happened to me as well. Uh, I, I mean, you and I grew up in this age of where we went from flip phones to a smartphone and now we have these computers and now VR and this metaverse stuff going on. Like it's just happened so, so quick. And then yeah. you have kids being born right now when the metaverse is starting. And so by the point they're, they're four or five, they're going to be in the metaverse. They're going to be in the metaverse. (laughs) Like the way, like, and that's the way things are going. Like I remember I didn't get my first phone until I was 11 and it was like a Nikia or something. It was this like little white, like straight phone. And it had like Tetris on it. You could play. And then my next phone was a smartphone. Yeah. So, and I like, I was kind of like, to the point, because you're talking about 2011. So you're, it's when the iPhones were like just coming out and the yeah. smartphones and stuff like that was just coming out. So like, and then you went to like fucking tablets and now we're web 3.0. Yeah. And now it's like, the fuck's that going to be in five years? Yeah, we, we, have, we have too many adults. And this is something I wish adults would not do is adults will put like an iPad in their kids' hands or like a, a two-year-old, three-year-old's hands mm-hmm. just so they're not being bothered by, so the parents aren't being bothered by the kid or so, or so they can have a conversation. Mm-hmm. You're giving, you're, you're, you're causing more of an issue by doing that. You think you're solving, a, what you're doing is you're, you're solving a short-term, a short-term problem, basically putting a Band-Aid on, but you're, you're, you're creating a much bigger problem by teaching your kids that the resolution of, of, uh, or, or to fix the problem of being anxious and throwing a temper tantrum and just trying to get your parents' attention is to give them a piece of tech, a screen. Mm. Like, like how about actually sitting down with them and talking about their emotions their thoughts, why they're acting the way they are working with them instead of, Hey, here, go distract yourself for an hour. That blows yeah, they mind. literally say that. Like, here, go distract yourself for an hour. Exactly, go play a game. Like, exactly. Instead of a book or go draw something or go outside. Like, I mean, when I was a kid, out going outside was the only option. I was outside all the time. Now you don't see that. You see kids playing PlayStation and Xbox and VR world and sitting on the phone, sitting on the couch, watching Netflix all day. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a pandemic of, it's, of, of tech. <laughs> and look, I'm not totally against like kids sitting on playing Fortnite all day because there's fucking kids making $10 million a year playing Fortnite. True. So it's Very like, true. you know, like I'm not, I'm not against that. Um, I just think that there should be like a, a happy medium of both because yes. there's one thing that pisses me off with like our parents' generation that they don't understand technology, that they use it in a, in a harmful way, like where they do distract the kids rather than just buy them the PlayStation. So they, if you want them to not be distracting you, just let them go play Fortnite. And then when they want to be a Fortnite player and make hundred thousand support them, don't say, no, you can't do that. But then you're giving them the fucking, you're giving them the entity to play it, but then you're going to tell them, no, don't do it. And it kind of goes back to emotional damage. You're like, you're damaging this kid of like telling him like, Hey, you can't be this. You can't do this. You will never be able to do this. You know, you know what I mean? And it's what we talked about earlier with that. Yeah. We're, we're very fortunate to be in the generation of to where, we were born in the in the rise of technology, not it's smack dab in the height of it, like like a lot of kids reborn into it right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so we were able to witness and realize the the pros and cons of this this uh, escalation of technology, yes. and seeing what it's doing negatively and positively to our society. Uh, I, to me, it's a, I'm very grateful to have that perspective to see the the pros and the cons of it. 
um, and me being able to make the decisions on how I use technology, not how technology uses me. Correct. What advice would you give to your teenage self? Or even like kid self? Don't spend time with people that waste your time. Don't actually care about you. Be, be with people that actually genuinely want to spend time with you and support you, push you to become the person you want to become. Of course, that's hard to do when you're a kid or a teenager. Mm-hmm. No one really knows how to do that. Um, well, like looking back, how do you define like what that person would be? Like somebody who doesn't care about you. Um, so, so re- rephrase that. Say it again. So like if you said that don't care or don't worry about the people that don't care about you. Like if you were a kid, like maybe you had a bad friend or something, how, like if you had to tell that to a kid now, or even you're yourself, like how would you phrase that in the sense of like, so like somebody that would listen to this podcast that maybe is 12 or 14 or 15 or 16, like how do they know? Like maybe that's a bad friend not to spend time with anymore. Like how do they know that now? Like all for your experience. Yeah. Um, if they are, bringing you down making you feel bad about yourself then that's not a friend Mm -hmm. i wouldn't spend time with them if they're hurting you physically mentally uh spiritually whatever it may be um just cut ties with them distance distance yourself um it's so much harder to do that as a kid or a teenager instead of an adult an adult it's 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 very easy to do that yeah um (laughs) at least if you if you know how and you you have to know how the the power to do so um For, for kids and teenagers, I would focus way, way more on having fun, being outdoors, having doing multiple things, having multiple experiences, if you can. And don't worry so much about what others have, because they're, I mean, I was very fortunate when I, when I was, uh, when I was uh, growing up, I had a very nice car, very nice house. I was very fortunate, went on vacations and I was still being bullied and made fun of because I had money. My family had money. And that affected me saying like money is bad. Money is a negative thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's something I had to overcome in the past couple of years as well. Uh, then there's going to be people that are, that have maybe no car, a very rusty car and they live in a shack or a mobile home and mm-hmm. they don't make a lot of money. They're going to get bullied for that as well. Correct. Don't worry about what other people say about you and your situation, something that you can't control. It says more about the other person, the other kid, the other teenager, the other person in general, when they are trying to bring you down for whatever you're going through. It says way more about them. They are dealing with something heavier mentally, spiritually, that is affecting them to where they're taking it out on you. So don't let someone else's words and attacks bring you down because you are way stronger than that and you can overcome it. And it says way more about them than you. If you can overcome that and you can push through and not retaliate in a negative way, then mm-hmm. you are so much stronger than that, than that other person. So good on that. So good on you. If you can uh, control your thoughts or your, your emotions or your reactions and just know that they're just coming from a negative place and that they're hurting more than you are and uh, you'll be okay. If there's one person that is living and one person that who's since passed away that you can meet, who would it be? Or it could be a couple. That's very hard for me to answer. One person. Okay. So one person that has passed, 
Um, I'm, I'm going to be honest. I'm not good at this game. <laughs> um, what? it could be a couple. There's not many people I would want to meet because I've done a lot of research on a lot of people. And I think a lot of people, uh, are, uh, not for humanity and not for us. And they, uh, are not as good as we thought they were. They were, they were painted in a good picture because of history. Only the, only the winners write history. Um, so a lot of these people are painted in a good picture, but they actually weren't good people. So it's hard for me to figure that out. Um, I probably would have meet someone like Sigmund Freud. I, I would want to meet, uh, Some type of philosopher way back when. I don't, I, I can't say who right now. Marcus Aurelius. Um, Aristotle. Aristotle. Is Aristotle. Someone I would love to meet. Um, that's one person that I can think of off the top of my head right now. Someone that is still here. Um, man, that's a really good one. So it's someone I would actually really like to meet. His name is Chris. I'm not going to say his last name for, for his own well-being and safety, but his name's Chris. And it's someone I met on social media. He's not famous. He's not a celebrity. Um, I don't care about any of the celebrities or Hollywood people or, or yeah. politicians. I, I truly don't. What Who I care about are just genuine, nor, normal people that understand all this craziness that is going on in the world right now and has also done the work on themselves to balance their masculine and feminine energies. Like those are the kind of people I want to meet. I don't care about the celebrities. They're, they're still boys and girls and they don't really care about us. Like I, mm-hmm. I don't, so I don't care about them. So there's this one guy, Chris, that I think really, really like super close to understanding how the world works and, and is just incredibly kind and, and, freaking strong guy and I, I, he's someone that I look up to and, and really connect with and I would mm-hmm. just love to meet him someday what is the best book you've ever read or a couple I guess because there could be just uh, an author this book right here oh, he's currently reading it so I've, I've read this multiple times I keep this by my books so I can look at any uh any parts of the book that that speak into the current situation I'm living in the moment, um, mm-hmm. but it's called King Warrior Magician Lover, and it's about the uh, the archetypes of the the mature masculine of the the masculine energies. And this book alone has helped me really unravel what it means to be a man, a true man that embodies love and kindness and gentleness, but also integrity and, and grounding themselves in their own, in their own truth. Um, this book has just helped me really just discover kind of, uh, like who I am and, and my own balance mm-hmm. of masculine and feminine energies. It's, it's, it's so good. There's a many more I need to read. I've got, I've got a bunch more books to go, but right now this is my current favorite. <laughs> yeah. I have a, also a, death yeah. pile of books that I want to read. Like I have them bought and they're, they're just sitting there. Like at some yeah. point you'll get to them. It's um, what is the best piece of advice you've ever been ever gotten? Two, two phrases pop into my mind. 
Number one, it's from my dad. It might be silly because it, it it's it, it's not like philosophical or this like mm-hmm. uh, extravagant quote or anything like that. But it's it's very simple, and I think it's incredibly powerful. But it's he has said multiple times throughout his life when uh, raising me, he says, "Follow the money." And I didn't really understand it when I was a kid or a teenager until I became an adult and I started doing some some research into all this craziness that's going on in the world right now. But I just started to follow the money and, and see like where the money is coming from in terms of funding certain organizations or or movements um, or companies, businesses, uh, research. Uh, I, I did a, a lot of following the money to see where the power is coming from. And it really helped me figure out what uh, who is uh, all above us, you know, pulling mm-hmm. strings and, and the puppet masters. And, uh, yeah, that was a, that was a, a really good one for me is follow the money. It really helped me uh, unravel all this crazy shit that's going on in the world right now. Um, the second one is, uh, nothing is what it seems. So we were taught certain things in school and we never question it. We're just taught it. And mm-hmm. we think that's reality and truth for the rest of our lives. And until I, I, really started to dig into like nothing really is, is what it seems. I, yeah. So I started, you know, uncovering the veil. I just realized that like, there's just so much shit and bullshit taught to us, mm-hmm. uh, forced down our throats, uh, whether it's through textbooks and teachers and just people not doing their own research and they're telling you something, but it's not even close to the truth because they haven't done the research themselves. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm a huge, huge advocate and proponent for, for doing research into conspiracy kind of things, um, to figure out all the crazy shit that's going on in the world and also uncover, uh, or rediscover who you actually are. We are way, 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 way more special and powerful than we are taught. What is the worst advice you were ever given? Mm. I guess what you learned from that. Worst advice too. Worst piece of advice. Hmm. It's a good one. Worst. I always think of the best. So what's, what's the worst piece of advice? Um, that's, that's just the way things are. I can't stand that quote. I can't stand that saying. Just the way things are. Just the way things are. No, no, that is not true. That's not how the way things are. It's the way things are right now because of all this bullshit we're going through and all the powers to be that are out of their masculine and feminine. They're they're in balance with their own energies. They've they've taken a bite out of the forbidden apple, whatever you want to say. I I hate the quote. It's just the way things are. Well, let's fucking change it. All right. <laughs> that's just, that's the way I see it. Like if, if, if there's an issue, if there's a problem, if, if, if things aren't going right, then let's solve it. Let's figure it out. I hate that quote. That's just the way things are. And, uh, that's just how we've always done them. Going into Fuck target, that. going into target master required. It's just the way things are. Screw that. Why? Why? I love uh, that's, that's my, that's one of my absolute favorite words and questions in the entire world. Why? Why? It's like, it's like being a little kid and, and like your parent, like, like so uh-huh. you, I'm sure you've, seen, you've heard this or, or, or seen this when a little kid and, and a parent and the, and the parent is like, uh, yeah, like the, 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 the bottle is green. 
Why? Um, because of the certain way the glass is made. Why? Well, well, I don't, I don't know. It's just the, the way they do it. Um, it, it, and then they put like special water in it, I guess. Why? And it's this curiosity that kids have of asking why, 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 why we lose that as adults, as we grow up, we've come to sensitize to this is just the way things are, but why, but why is it this way? Things can change if we really want them to. We just got to, you know, work on ourselves and, and do research and, and figure figure out that this reality we live in doesn't have to be this way if we don't want it to be. Kind of something that's popped in my head and, and something that I've like personally experienced and or maybe not necessarily personally experienced, but thought about is like, do you ever think at what point we start to lose that like inner child mindset? Because I always think of like Elon Musk and he's, he's like he's a child like think about like the things that he thinks about every fucking kid has thought about going to the moon or going to mars but we are conditions at some point we're conditioned to like you need to stop thinking that way because you'll get nowhere in life but then you look at all these successful people all these people are are just inner children bill gates with the you know software you know steve jobs with the iphone like all these inventors like that's that's what they are. They're fucking kids who are now adults that actually like have this like creative mindset. And now we're conditioned to like, as you know, get old and lose that and just follow the yeah. system that clearly doesn't work anymore. Yeah. Uh, that That's the, one of the core purposes of our current school system is just to cut off that intuitive uh, curiosity of the world and how things are and the way the world works and, and animals and nature and, and, uh, society that, that happens in the transition from elementary middle school, like in that, in that time period of like, uh, what, what's before elementary, like, uh, like pre-K, yeah, pre-K, elementary, middle school, like in that transition, you're taught the way things are and you don't question it. So it just goes away. That curiosity of, why? Okay. How? Hmm. And a big reason why is because we're taught shit we don't care about. So we don't question it. We just go with the flow and we're just like, all right, whatever. Like, I don't care about it enough to ask why. So I'm just going to, you know, try and get a C or a B or an A in this class. And then I'm going to go on summer break and have a good time. That's what happens. This reminds me, do you know who Neil deGrasse Tyson is? Yes. You heard of him? Yeah. Did Have you ever listen to i think he was on tom billiard's show and he's talking about the, the kid with the mom jumping over the puddle i haven't heard this and the and the mom takes the, like lifts the kid up and says don't you jump in the puddle mm. right and then he's yeah, like okay, yeah. and, and he's like well that's just a kid who's trying to experience like the why like i want to jump in the puddle like let me experience like and and we just do that and i think it's like I don't get at what point why we do that. Cause like, you know, I don't plan on having fun kids anytime soon, but if I did like, like why would you kill the curiosity, kill the cat? Like, why are you, yeah. why are you killing the curiosity? Let the curiosity happen. Cause that's how you learn. I you learn that. from curiosity. Absolutely. Absolutely. It is crucial for development. And there, so I came across this, uh, this TikTok, and it became a trend um, I don't know how widespread it became, but I, I saw multiple posts on TikTok of this mm -hmm. uh, this quote, and it's basically parents showing their kids doing something maybe a little risky, a little dangerous. And there's a little uh, overlay of an audio that says, parents become comfortable 
with your kids doing dangerous things safely. I love that. I think I, I saw that. that recently. I saw it's that. So good. It's so good because we 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 have to experience things that put us at risk of mm-hmm. cutting ourselves or injuring ourselves or even becoming like hurt emotionally or mentally. Um, like we got to put ourselves in, in uncomfortable situations to push ourselves to see what our, our abilities are, our powers are. Because if we don't do that, then we we suppress our, our potential. Yeah. If you don't get uncomfortable, you're not going to grow. Right. It's like that's Absolutely. why the military trains the way they do. Right. Like yes. why Navy SEALs are who they are. Right. They're 40 percent rule. That's right? talked about in this book is Navy SEALs and people in the military pushing themselves and, yeah. and having this and, tribe. And that's the same thing. Like when I went to the police academy, like we lost um, we started with 72. We ended with 61. Yeah. We lost one kid on the first day at fucking shout down day where they pretty much tell you you're a fucking piece of shit. Like that's what goes through your mind. Yeah. Well, no, you're not a piece of shit, but they're just fucking telling you that. And you're a pansy because you just, you've literally like, if you're not going to think this is a fucking controlled environment, it's a controlled environment. You're not going to get killed. They're not going to beat your face in. Well, they're not going to punch you. They're not going to be aggressive. (laughs) But like when I say beat your face in, like you're going to make you do a shit ton of pushups, but it's a controlled environment. If you can't handle it there, how are you going to handle it on the battlefield? Right. Hold on. And, and you just, people don't understand like these, I don't, and I don't know where it comes from, but like, you just got to know to just do it. You got to get uncomfortable. I was like, I just started a, a new uh, fitness challenge. It's an eight week, you know, fitness challenge. And it was fucking tough. Like it wasn't easy. I mean, it wasn't hard, but it wasn't easy, but I was also pushing myself and I'm sure part of it is because everybody else was fucking like 20 years older than me. And I'm like, ah, I don't want to be with them. But, uh, but no, like, it's like you, once you think you can't do something, you stop. But like, if you tell yourself you can do it, it's like lifting weights. Like I see all these kids all the time in the weight room. Like they fail sets they should get. And I can tell you right now it's in their head. You Mm -hmm. already know if you're going to fail that set before you even get in the rack, you know, you didn't yeah. eat right, uh, or you didn't get enough water, or you didn't get enough supplements in. Like, you know, already going into that fight, whether you're going to lose, it's the same thing. You know, when you go in the academy, if you're going to graduate or not, you know, when you go to boot camp, if you're going to graduate or not, you already know it. Yeah. There's, I, I came across this article. It must have been maybe like five or six months ago. I know it was, it was sometime last year, in the middle of the year. I came across this article uh, about the power of your mind, the power of the brain and your mindset. And when you put yourself in the winner's mentality of like, I'm going to accomplish this, this, this bench press, I'm going to mm-hmm. get this new max. When you say you're, you're going to do it, you can't accomplish it. Your mind prepares the body to accomplish it. It gives you that extra boost. What mm-hmm. happens when you don't put yourself in the mindset, when you put yourself in the mindset of like, I don't know if I can do this. Like, this is a lot of weight. I don't know. There's a lot of people watching me. That doubt starts and fear starts to settle in. Yeah. What your mind does to the body is your body. It prepares your body for what happens when you don't accomplish it. So if you don't accomplish it and the bar comes down, like your body prepares for that failure of yeah. holding the bar down or whatever the, 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 whatever you're trying to accomplish, your mind will prepare the body for the failure. It's crazy how that works. Your mind will actually put you in a physical situation for you to either accomplish or fail. That's mind blowing. Yeah. There's just so much about the mind that we don't know yet. And it's just, it's like the data is changing every day, but it's so, it's so fast. It's like a fascinating 
thing to learn about is like how to control this, like this thing that it has so much knowledge, but how do you use it? Mm-hmm. And I think that's something we don't know enough about yet, but we are no. continuously knowing more and more every day about it. But, and I think it's something that we, we completely forget about to, yeah, to use. I agree. Uh, final question is what words and phrases do you live by and are needed to be successful? Hmm. Integrity is a huge one. If you so true. say you're going to do something, do it. Like we, we like, so everyone that's watching this right now, Sal and I have been trying to get this podcast going for what? What's oh, been like two, two months, three, two months. <laughs> right. Exactly. At least like two or three months. You got sick. I got sick. Right. Schedules didn't match up. Yeah. It's, it's been uh, like the mic wasn't working at one point. Like I didn't have my charger for my computer and this, this, is huge. Uh, if you say you're going to do something, do it. So we're here on this podcast. We made it happen. It's been a great time. So Sal, I appreciate it. No, um, I'm glad to have you on. Of course. Of course. And then the next piece of that is determination. If you want something bad enough, you will get there. You will do pretty much whatever it takes to get to where you want to be. And if so, at some point you don't think that is the path you should be on anymore, like you truly believe that's, that's not the path for you, don't consider that transition quitting. What you're doing is you're just transitioning into the next phase of your life. You went down this path and you figured what you needed to figure out. And that is, that's not the path for you. That's not what you actually should be doing. So you had to go through that entire experience to go to the next step. So it's not quitting, it's transitioning into now you're closer to your true purpose. So integrity, determination, and... I'm, I'm, I'm big on love. I, I love love, man. I'm wearing a shirt that says love respects all lives. I, 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 like I like it. I treat every single person I come across with genuine kindness and love. I don't know what they're going through, whether it's good or bad. Um, and it is not, my, I have the power to bring love to this person or hate. I can either create a good or bad experience with whoever I'm with at the time. And I do my absolute best to choose love and light and kindness whenever I can. And I, I truly believe that just being a, a genuinely kind and, and warm hearted person until you piss me off, but it's hard for me to be, to be mad or angry. I control my emotions and I kind of just like, let it, let it settle and be yeah. and talk through it. But, uh, yeah, and, and integrity, determination, and just love. Like I, I love those words. Integrity is one of my favorite words because yeah. it has to do with lying, and I fucking yes. can't stand people lying to me. Me too. Fucking <laughs> hate too. liars. Liars, hypocrisy, uh, not taking accountability. Like those kind of people. Like I'm gonna do my best to kind of not. No, I'm yeah. Not and, and they're all things that like are hard to work on. Like once you do, sure. like, when you're doing them. To like not do it anymore is very hard for those people to do it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. It, it takes time to establish them. Um, but if you put in the work, you'll get there. Termination. Exactly. Termination. <laughs> All right. Well, I want to thank everybody for tuning in and listening. Um, it was an honor to have Adam on the show today. Um, and Adam, tell them how you can, they can find you. Yeah. The absolute best way is simply just Instagram. It's Adam Hogue underscore A-D-A-M-H-O-G-U-E underscore. Um, I'm on multiple social platforms, but I am most active on Instagram for sure. Uh, Feel free to send me a DM, reach out to me. 
All right, guys. I want to thank you guys for tuning in so much. Uh, I hope to see you guys next time. Uh, we're, we're currently always trying to get more people on. So if you're somebody who's interested in joining, just like Adam, definitely, <laughs> definitely send a message. Love to have you guys on. Thank you. I uh, appreciate it, so.